Welcome to the Early Accountability Podcast hosted by Kimmy Walker. Kimmy has a track record of serving as a behavior change and improvement catalyst for individuals, groups, and organizations. Get ready to make the best version of yourself a priority. Now welcome, Kimmy Walker. Welcome back to the next episode of the Early Accountability Podcast. Kimmy Walker here, and I have a guest with us on today's show to talk with us about a very important topic. Our guest this evening is Jonathan, who is an investment advisor, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about investments and finances and what we can do right now during the pandemic, now and beyond. Jonathan, first off, thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, so why don't you just first start off by telling the audience just a little bit about yourself, how you got into investments, and what you kind of do for people in your day-to-day work. Oh, absolutely. So a journey that started the summer before the 2008 financial crisis. And so I started in banking with Wachovia Bank, and shortly after we became Wells Fargo Bank. From there, uh, just taking a journey worked for a few different banks and on the retail banking side and working with clients individually and helping advise on banking products and then transitioning to Edward Jones from there and building my investment knowledge and eventually realizing that the best way for me to serve my clients was to be independent and not be subject to sell any particular product or be incentivized more to make a commission off of off of it particular product. So became independent as myself, uh, both in financial and recently in the past uh, couple of years, merging with my now business partner, uh, Maurice Wilson, and we are Wilson Wealth. Okay, cool. So definitely a journey. And Maurice Wilson has definitely been a past guest on the podcast. I had to shout out Maurice <laughs> because, shout out. yeah, shout out to Maurice. And he is definitely one of the three guests that I had who went on to launch his own podcast. So definitely have to check out Wilson Wealth and everything that they're doing. So you all are growing and expanding. So that's cool. I wanted to give that Absolutely. little shout out. <laughs> so Jonathan, today, the question, everything that's been going on. So here on the Early Accountability Podcast, we are always trying to help our audience grow so well whether it's implement new goals for themselves, uh, sustain things that they've already started, how to help people get organized and execute something. And so the topic right now, as we know, of course, is COVID and coronavirus. And there's been a lot of things that just have happened with the economy, um, like I said, internationally, uh, here in the U.S. And as an investment advisor, the biggest question is, what can people do to pandemic-proof their investment? or their finances if something like this were ever happen again? Uh, absolutely. So let's, we're going to categorize these into, into four sections. And so the first one is going to be to save and invest more, right? And of course, that sounds like some generic uh, cookie cutter advice, which typically is what we get. Three to six months of, of liquid savings is, is the general advice that we receive in that category. And I, I'm going to tweak it a little bit and say that You really want 12 months of savings. Um, I've spoken with a lot of clients in the past, you know, couple of months, either concerned with losing their job or being furloughed or having their salary reduced down to 30% or just in a position or they're on the opposite end where they have 12 months of savings. And so they're not overly concerned and they're like, okay, I will find another opportunity if this job goes away. And so what I found was the 
the, the individuals who have that, that 12 months of savings, that, that comfort are in a much better position than those who don't, who only had three to six months and have had to dip into their savings and deplete it rather, rather quickly. And so I'm going to say 12 months of savings, two months would need to be accessible in your savings account. And the other 10 months can be placed in a brokerage account and invested into the market. Now that doesn't particularly tie it up because it's still liquid. It can still be sold. The market is, is just as, is not as liquid as your savings account, but it's still extremely liquid. So two months of liquid cash savings and 10 months of investment savings. And that would be your 12 months of savings. That, that would be my advice. Okay. So that's the first part. That's what else could they do? Uh, secondly, yes, we noticed that uh, a lot of businesses have filed for bankruptcy and gone out of business simply because we stopped spending our discretionary money with them. Reevaluating our needs and our wants, what's frivolous spending and what's mm-hmm. an actually an, an essential essential need, uh, reevaluating that and understanding that our spending makes the world go around. And without us, then a lot of these businesses will not exist, right? Right. So what companies are you keeping in business? You know, it's, a, yes. it's like who is who is surviving because I cannot survive without Chipotle, right? And, <laughs> and Chipotle is not a great example because they, they are thriving more so than surviving. But um, a lot of companies, you know, their, their businesses may, may, may not really be needed, may not really be necessary. And the U.S. savings rate increased from, what, 10, 11% to 33% during mm-hmm. COVID for those who kept their jobs and who still had their income. They were able to save 33% of their income. If we were to do that on a regular basis, tons of businesses would go out of business and we would right. be accumulating more wealth. So why not go ahead and adjust? Maybe 33% is a little bit extreme. Right. But for the people who kept their job, that COVID bonus that they were getting, uh-huh. it was just like, wow, I, I, I spend money in areas that I probably should not on a regular basis. So what what is, um, if you could say a percentage, what would you say you would tell people to allow for themselves for just discretionary? So things they might want to do like entertainment, you know, out to eat. Is there a certain percentage you kind of advise people just to be safe but to still give them like a little wiggle room to enjoy life a little bit yeah i'm I'm a little less conservative on giving people a strict percentage or amount on what to spend right Uh because because you can't really tell anyone how to spend their money Mm -hmm. and ways to spend their money they're going to spend their money the way they're going to spend their money and so a lot of those generic do 10% do 20%. I find that it's really on a case by case basis. Okay. And so, so I can't really give you an exact number on what to do. Of course you could say the range is probably somewhere between 10 and 30% for what people do from a saving standpoint. And if they're not saving it, then they're spending it. So it'd probably be the opposite. end. so they're either spending somewhere between 10 and 30% of their, their income. Okay, got it. So mm-hmm. at least we have a little, a little guide. It may not be a one case fits all, but you might, it might fall somewhere in that ballpark. Sure. And so I'm assuming for pandemic proof, it would be closer towards the 30 <laughs> percent if yeah. you're trying to have Absolutely. some extra set up. Okay. So what's the what's the third step? The third point you have for people when it comes to trying to pandemic proof their investments or their finances? 
Sure. So we've increased our savings and we've uh, decided to invest more. Now we're just breaking down being rich versus being wealthy, right? If you're rich, then you have access to income. You have probably have a pretty significant income and you have the ability to spend, right? If you're wealthy, then you have a high amount of assets generally that, that produce some type of income that give you the freedom to move how you want to move in life. And so I tell people to focus on being wealthy versus being rich, right? You can increase your income. You can find, you know, better job opportunities and promotions or more business in certain areas or whatever your, your line of work is. But what you do with that income is what turns you from rich to wealthy. So accumulating assets and for retirement, you want something that generates a monthly income for yourself. So in order to retire, in order to step away, you need to have monthly income that you don't have to, that you no longer have to go out and earn, right? Right. So for our parents' generation, um, Social Security, pensions, those type of things were in place in addition to the 401ks that came along later. So they have multiple streams of income. And if they were, you know, savvy and bought rental properties, then they have that to go along with it, Right. For our generation, we should operate under the printed under the pretense. And I say our generation, we'll just call it, you know, from Gen Z to Gen X, right? We'll, we'll just group us all together. We should operate under the pretense that Social Security may not be as stable for us, and companies do not offer pensions as frequently as they used to. So Correct. it is on us, the onus is on us to accumulate assets, whether we're accumulating them in our 401k in our IRAs or in our brokerage accounts or through uh, income producing assets, whether it's a real estate property or it's a business. So the goal should be to accumulate assets, right? As many stocks, bonds, mutual funds as you can, whatever your choice of investment. And if you're going to choose a real estate route, and a lot of people like to flip houses, but you really want something that generates income. So something that you can turn to a rental property, whether it's a single family or multifamily home, and for those who are you know, tough enough to go out and start a business, then that as well. But something that either you can sell or something that you can have to generate income. So building our three asset columns, businesses, real estate, and the stock market. Real estate and the stock market, correct? Correct. Okay. As far as things that would be on autopilot and you're not really necessarily having to put as much labor into them, Correct. That's like right. you're not you're not yeah. exchanging your time for money. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. So we got our three points. So let's see. Um, increase our savings, correct? Increase your savings. Uh, decide to save more. Right. Save okay. more. Or yep. track that. Track your spending. Decide what's essential. Okay. So really seeing what's essential and what's not. So that's really like kind of going over our finances and and check and see a need, what's a want, and can I cut out more of my wants <laughs> is right. a big one. Um, next take one. that money and increase our asset column. And increase the assets with being rich versus being wealthy. So getting more money on autopilot, increasing our re- residual income. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So I got the three steps right now or three points for uh, pandemic proofing our finances or investments. Okay. What's the fourth mm-hmm. one? And my last one is kind of a bonus because I've been doing a lot of research on on the equity deals that are negotiated into when you decide to go and work for newer companies, startup companies, tech companies, 
And labor is a very expensive thing for companies. The same way we cut our expenses out of our personal budget when things get tight, companies cut their expenses and they usually start in the labor department, right? And so they start cutting jobs or furloughing jobs and doing things to protect their bottom line. And so essentially, we are the expense as, as employees, right? And they are going to cut our salary. They have the power to cut our salary or remove our salary. What do they not have the power to, to take away? And that would be our equity. So if I can negotiate equity in my sign-on bonus, or if I can participate in my company's stock purchase plan, that will be increasing my asset column along with my employment and protecting myself in the, in, in the event that there's a downturn, right? What we do know is that markets ebb and flow, yet a stock market may be down, you know, temporarily, but it generally recovers over time. And so if I've negotiated equities from stocks into my deal or I have them in my purchase plan, I could liquidate those if I needed the cash or, you know, I've, I've given myself an, an asset to further my, my quest to, to retirement or to freedom to be wealthy and to move how I choose to move in life. So. So we have our four points again for how to pandemic proof our portfolio, <laughs> our investments. Uh, so Jonathan, please tell the audience, well, two things. I always ask everybody, what is, as an investment advisor, what's a daily mantra or quote that you live by, or it could change. Some people have many. And then I would like for you to tell the audience where they can find out more about you, learn more about your services at Wilson Wealth. I guess I don't have one that I, I probably verbalized, but it's one that I've internalized. And it's generally do the opposite of what the public and what social media, music, arts, entertainment industry, like do the opposite of what you see everybody saying and doing. So if I see somebody telling me that I should buy Bitcoin and everybody's, you know, saying the same thing. That means that the money has already been made and I should I should go the opposite direction. I should find another opportunity. If you know people are flocking in one direction, that herd mentality, then I know that they've missed the point and that I that I missed the information before them. And so I've always I always try to stay ahead of her, the herd and do the opposite of what of what the public is doing. So that's my my, my mantra that I that I've sort of internalized. And I guess to reach me to find out more. Uh, yes, yes, yes. I'm mostly active on Instagram. And that <laughs> is John Bo at John Bolston, J-O-N underscore Bolston, B-O-L-S-T-O-N. And of course, uh, our website is wilsonwealth.com, www.wilsonwealth.com. And between those two mediums, you can reach me as quickly as anything. So. Okay, great. No, and I was just saying, I like your, um, your daily mantra just because it really makes you just stop and think. So you're not just going with the flow and not just, you know, going with the status quo, actually really taking some time and think what the ramifications of things may be. And I think that's oh, yeah. definitely important. Like you said, when it comes to finances and investments as well. So definitely check out wilsonwealth.com. Jonathan is on Instagram. All of the information and the links will be in the show notes. Jonathan, thank you so much for coming and gracing us with your presence on the show. And thank you for these tips because I know they're very much needed for a lot of people. Awesome. Thank you very much for having me, Kenny. You're welcome. Until next time. 
All right. It was a pleasure to have you join us on this episode of the Early Accountability Podcast with Kimmy Walker. Be sure to visit earlyaccountability.com to sign up for the Early Accountability Newsletter. We look forward to activating your greatness and helping you reach your goals.